It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cooter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this second day of February 2017 already. And I want you all to know that the Groundhog Dead Sea Shatter, so we got six more weeks of winter. And I'm here with my co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, he's going to enlighten us a little bit on on uh, this Medicare thing. Uh, and uh, then we have James Scripps. He'll be coming in here. He'll have some tales from the crypts, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and, and oh, well, by golly. Uh, look at that. We got a caller already. A uh, 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 caller in there? Uh, don't be bashful now. Don't be bashful. Just speak right up. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, uh. Uh, John, and, and let's get this. Oh, collars dropped. What happened to our collar? Yeah. Well, anyway, man. Yeah, our collar <laughs> dropped his phone or something. We had uh, a but, question, Gerald, this week. Uh, oh, okay. Had yeah, it. you said that comes from Madison. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Guy asked a question about uh, if you turn 65, how does Medicare work? I don't know what part A was and what part B was. Now, if you turn 65, you're eligible for Medicare. Okay, there's two types of Medicare. You've got part A and part B. Part A basically is free. It's hospitalization. You don't pay a premium for it. And a lot of people just have that. They don't have the part B. Well, the part B is kind of like regular medical insurance, you know, it pays 80% of the doctor's visits and things like that. It doesn't pay prescriptions. You have to have another Part D plan to pay prescriptions. And at 65, you're entitled to that. Now, the other stipulation is if you're younger than 65 and become totally disabled, you get approved through disabled Social Security. After your decision date, your effective date, when you get your Social Security starts, you've got two years from that date where you're eligible to get Medicare, and it takes two years to get it. Now, the only stipulation of that is if you're on kidney dialysis, if you're taking dialysis, and you don't have to wait the two years. It starts right there and there. So if you actually, say, for example, you file your Social Security claim, you get denied like 99% of everybody else does, and they turn you down, and it takes you two years to get it, so the other day you get it, you get Medicare. So that's where we stand. And uh, if that's out there, you're 100% veterans and you're generally 65 retirement age, go ahead. If the VA is determined to be 100% permanent total, you need to go ahead and file Social Security because you're supposed to go hand-in-hand work together. You know, there's a lot of, there's a couple programs Social Security has to look at that. And if you're 100% VA, you go on Social Security, and Social Security keeps picking on you because you're a certain age and wants to keep reevaluating you. But if you got a permanent total rating for VA, they're supposed to accept that and leave you alone. So, and that's you know that's kind of the ins and outs of the Medicare. So, 
Now, is, I hope is, that, question. Yeah. is that the only thing you're, uh, only ailment you're aware of is the uh, kidney dialysis? That's the only uh, ailment I'm aware of that brings an early onset date of, uh, of Medicare. That's interesting. Uh, it looked like it would be, be ser- several others. I mean, it's a good thing to have that one, naturally. Yeah. Well, that's but, uh, you just about have to have it because kidney dialysis, you know, if you got to pay for that pocket, you're in trouble. Oh, my land, yes. That's not no, cheap. No. And yeah, you know, they keep uh, that too long. My granddaughter, she's an RN, and and that's what she does is kidney dialysis, um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, she said some of them spend uh, fifteen years or more on them things. I didn't yeah. know they could last that long. Yeah, they can do it. You know, the best thing to do is go on transplant list and get a kidney transplant. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you can get it. Yeah, if you can get it. So, Uh, you know, uh, it also depends on your age. Yeah. Most people in their 60s, 50s, late 50s, early 60s, they smoked a lot during their lifetime. Yeah, and drank. They're crystallized inside their body, and it uh, makes it very difficult to have a transplant surgery. I know my dad tried it, and it didn't work, so. But uh, I believe we've got a fella in here from Tennessee. Yeah. uh, Hello, Gerald. Well, how are you doing, James? I'm sitting back here and learning in case I get old enough to grow my Social Security. I promised them early on we was going to have some tales from the crypts. (laughs) And and, uh, (laughs) how are you doing tonight, James? I'm doing pretty good, like I say. I was sitting back and learning just in case I get old enough to draw my Social Security. Well, yeah, I hear that. You need, you need to make sure you, you need to sharpen your pencil, James, so you can draw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I ever get get able to draw my Social Security, I'll load my truck up. Uh, yeah, that'll, take a, that'll take a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're on 100% VA and your Social Security, then you become an artist. Yeah. Working days are over. Yeah. You, you're an artist. You sit back and draw. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to draw my Social Security. It started in 99 when I was 40, when I was 50. Because I had a heart attack in, when I was 48 and then started drawing. My, it took me two years, like you say, to get my, and I had to get a lawyer to get my Social Security disability. So it started at age 50. And then when I turned 65, it rolled right over into regular Social Security. I didn't have to wait. wait. Uh, mine uh, went into effect two years after I was permanently uh, disabled from the VA, I, I mean from uh, Social Security, and they based that, their decision on what the VA sent them. So yeah, I didn't well, I have any trouble. I didn't need a lawyer, but, uh, yeah, it took two years. Let me tell you a good one on Gerald. Gerald went to the doctor, and he got a lung problem. He's in the doctor's son. We're going to have to give you oxygen. If they give Gerald the oxygen, 
Gerald showed up working when the water was auction bottom. <laughs> yeah, that would, wouldn't let me work. They had to run him off. <laughs> well, you know, it it might be silly to say, but I enjoyed my work. You know. Uh, you know, it was 57 steps from my recliner to the front door of my shop. I absolutely had it made. I could go yeah. for I could go for a month without leaving home. I worked in the shop. Yeah. Uh, they did they delivered my materials. I would install whatever it was that I built. Other than that, I was at home. But Agent Orange changed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they uh yeah, doctor down to be aimed to fit at me. Uh but and of course the job ain't they ain't gonna let you work in a machine shop dragging oxygen <laughs> I guess. You would you'd be swapping it for acetylene for long, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the welding booth right there close where I was working, you know. <laughs> that wasn't too kosher. <laughs> but uh you know, regretfully, I, I did leave my job, and I sure didn't like it. Well, it was regretfully that I left mine. Mm-hmm. I left mine on my back. I worked for myself, and I enjoyed what I did. It took many years to build up my company, uh, and then all at once, bam, you know. Yeah, it's not a good feeling, is it? No, they well, do just about the next first choking. I tried to go back to work, uh, and the doctor finally said, if you want to live, you close that door. And that's exactly what I did. I could well, walk in my shop. I'd walk in my shop tonight and flip a light switch, and 72 fluorescent fixtures come on. Yeah. All the machinery sitting there ready to run. And even the materials that was left in stocks when I quit. Yeah. It it's hard to give up, but some of us have to. We just don't have the option. Well, I kept it. I didn't get rid of anything uh thinking that, you know, I might be able to go back to work. But that's been uh since ninety seven and I haven't gone back to work yet, so I guess well, I could sell something. You know, I'd been just like you. Know, you. I wouldn't want to give up. I was a big bass fisherman back in James, and uh, you know I still got the big bass boat and everything. Sitting here looking at it right now, matter of fact. So, back then, I started having problems with my arm and stuff. I'd cast the lure out, and I'd take a three hundred dollar G Lumis rod and throw it in the water too. Yeah, I didn't realize for life be what was going on. And uh, eventually, you know, they got uh, they got me down. I tried that for about two years, you know, and because uh, I was you know pretty good at what I did, but uh, finally I was working full time too. But <clears throat> I tell you what, even the diaphragm goes paralyzed and you can't breathe. That's a different issue. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> I would say, you, yeah. You, you start bending yeah. over, tying on baits and stuff, and, and you're dying. You know, I was walking down the hall in VA today, 
And I was looking at people coming meeting me in those hallways. And if everybody that had a disability caused by Agent Orange exposure had an orange stripe or an orange uniform on, I wonder what that place would look like. It'd be a lot of orange. I think you'd be seeing a whole lot of orange. I do like too, you know what? Because, like you know, yeah, you, you think about it, and most people that you see in, in, in uh, the VA system now are our age. Yeah. They're, they're the agent orange contaminated people of the years that we served. Uh, I would say from yeah. the... Probably uh, the late fifties up into the seventies, the one that's lived that long. Yeah, so you know, Vietnam, what earliest Vietnam, fifty nine? Fifty nine, seventy five. Yeah, yeah. It started in fifty nine, ended in seventy five. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But these three or two, don't forget on the DMZ, they used it in the sixty seven, sixty eight over three, and they got a lot of vets there exposed too. <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh yeah. So, so yeah. On the DMZ, they had that foliage, and then North Koreans are taking pot shots and sniping and killing people in South Korea. So we decided along that fence line there, we were going to take care of that. So they sent the planes in, and they made that place a barren wasteland, you know, with took all the foliage out. Yeah. Uh, it's ugly. Then you, if you if you think about that and all that orange color that you could see, if you could paint a blue stripe or put a blue uniform on all of those who were exposed but can't prove it or don't know it, you'd be seeing a lot of blue, too. <laughs> I want to tell you yeah, something you guys didn't talk about. I'll tell you something you guys didn't talk about. You guys in Vietnam and Korea. You know, when you put your uniform on in the morning, they had a very strange odor to them. They use a lot of insecticides, especially in Korea. They're probably using Vietnam too, they James. Yeah. On your clothes. Yeah. You know, That's I yes, the they did. They did. They had that uh, what DDT in it. Uh, yeah, and they had something. They went around company areas that had put out a smoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, what was that in was. Alaska, they used. They kind of killed them. Yeah. Yeah, and they used mouth ion. Uh, but what I remember the, mo- the most visible thing was the smoke in the company area. Uh, and you couldn't get away from it because you're confined within that company area. You know, we couldn't cross the sidewalk. Uh, One of my I don't dear know. friends just passed away. My dear friend just passed away. He was a sergeant major. He was over in Korea, and he was a uh, he, he was staff, you know. So he actually got him a house person over there in Korea, and he started having his uniforms washed for that guy instead of having to go through all the, all the stinking stuff they had on his uniform. Well, my wife used to wash my uniforms when we moved off post at Fort Gordon. Um, and I had to do do a lot of uniforms because I just worked. I was on uh, 12 and off 24. 
So I wasn't on the main post a lot of times during laundry or couldn't get the main post during laundry days. And she used to complain about the, the chemical smell in my uniforms. Because so you sprayed it, Agent Orange running ponds. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Water, she, she'll be able to file a claim herself. Well, see, I, I was used to it. So I didn't smell it. But then when I come home, she would smell it. Uh, well, you know what diesel fuel smells like. And then you, you had the Agent Orange. The Agent Orange smelled like some burnt plastic. Put those two together, yeah. uh, that's a pretty strong smell. Now my wife can't file a claim, but we filed a claim for my daughter. Uh, yeah. You know, of course, uh, they, they'll deny it, but if they ever do include our children, uh, they'll have to back pay her. But she came really, really close to dying. Uh, rare blood mm-hmm. disorder, they said she stood a better chance of winning the lottery than to come down with it. Ooh. So we filed a claim on it. Does, can, is, is, it associated any way, is it associated in any way to dioxin? Is there any any, any, any evidence of that? that it is. It is. In fact, yeah, she's got her she's got her doctor's. It's a blood disorder, and she's got her doctor's letters, uh, expert opinions. Like I say, you know, they have no choice but de- to deny it. But if they ever do approve it, and they're looking at it now, you know, the president just uh, signed into, into a bill, I think, Obama did it before we left office to study the children and grandchildren. So some someday yeah. something may have come from it, and it might not. Yeah. Well, I know a couple of vets uh, that were exposed that the kids had sign a bit of it. Yeah, well, now they'll honor sign a bit of won't they? They're trying. They're trying to end that. Yep. They're trying now to say there is no association. Well, in the last study, so they could withdraw yeah, that. Yeah, but they pay for them studies. Uh, they're flawed. Uh, I don't trust any study to be a death. I don't uh, either. You know when you when you're when your kids sitting there with spina bifida. A study don't mean anything. No, it don't. And uh, I think it gets a lot deeper than spina bifida. I I I believe that there's. Uh, I I would say there's probably ten to fifteen different disorders could be associated uh, from children being exposed. Uh, one way or another to Agent Orange. I'll bet there is. The truth when is we're all that. gone and most of our children are gone, they'll probably discover that, Gerald. <laughs> I, I had uh, two daughters with uh, endometriosis, and uh, I've talked to several other people, veterans that had daughters that had endometriosis, and uh, uh, some of them even lost children. Uh, yeah. So we know uh, the information the VA trying to feed us is not correct. Like you say, when we're gone, maybe it'll come out. 
but uh, uh, there's a lot of issues with these children that's cropped up uh, with veterans that shouldn't have happened, and, and a lot of them are along the same lines, you know, I mean the same ailments. It didn't matter what part of the world you were in. Kids in the service. That's true. That's true. They'll do anything, girl, to get out of it. I know. It's cold to mustard gas, surface connected. Well, and well you know, <laughs> I'm 68 years old, and I have a really, really bad case of acne. And I can remember asking my wife, look at me, I'm 50 years old, and I've still got acne. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, And when I say acne, I'm talking about thousands of blackheads, not just little red bumps, not just little splotches, uh, all over my back, all over my chest, used to be all over my face and arms. Yeah, yeah. But I was just sitting on the computer one night and, and, and just learning to use the computer, and I saw the term chloracne. And it interested me because of the acne in chloracne. And I looked it up, and I found out it was caused by dioxin, the contaminated Agent Orange. Then I got to thinking about the spraying that I did at Fort Gordon and just exactly when... I started getting the the skin disease. Yeah. Now, had I not run across that, and I had not pursued the meaning of that word, things would be a whole lot different in my life and several other people that I know. Well, I would say, uh, yeah, that core acne, you can't get rid of it. No, it, it's so. Uh, you ain't gonna get rid of it. I don't get it. Dioxin is known to be water fearing and fat loving. And I sprayed those lakes down there, and it being water fearing, then it migrated to the fat in the fish. Fat loving. Then the mena is eaten by the bigger fish then that bigger fish contains not only its own dioxin, but that of the mineral. And it goes on up the chain, and we ate fish out of those lakes about three nights a week. We were poor people. We were on separate rations. Uh, when I closed the lakes, we went to the lake, and we fished, and we caught catfish and, and cleaned them and ate them. Uh, that was our main staple. And it's been explained to me uh, that... Once you get it in your fat, it migrates to the fat around your spine. And for the rest of your life, it fizzes to the surface, much like a Coke would when you open it. And that's what causes all the blackheads. They're not from outside going in. They're from inside coming out. And Uh, no way to get rid of it, then. No way to get rid of it and no way to get it other than dioxin exposure. Doesn't occur in nature naturally. Uh, it's one of those specific diseases. Had I not had it, they could have laid my diabetes and my ischemic heart disease and kidney disease to to anything else. But 
that chloracne is hard to get around. Man. Uh, I'm almost, you know, it's a terrible thing to have, but I'm almost glad that I did have it in conjunction with those other diseases because I had I not been able to nail it down that specific chloracne, and the only cause for that is dioxin exposure, uh, I never could have proven that case. So when you look at it from that slanted view, really it's a good thing, Ben's I had all of the others that I had that one to be able yeah. to support it. And not that uh, many people have chloracne. Uh, a lot of the people at VA tell me, you're my first case to ever see. Uh, oh, I've seen people with chloracne. But I they have were, too, but usually they don't know what it is. Well, that's okay. I agree with that. Uh, uh, because I've worked with people that had it uh, and uh, had it really bad. I mean, yeah. super bad, which I imagine you you probably do too. But they had Well, the doctor uh, asked me once, he said, does it hurt? Well, no, it wasn't the doctor. It was the, the congressman's guy supposed to be helping with my case. He said, does it hurt? I said, well... It's like being in a briar patch all day, you know. <laughs> Everywhere you move, it sticks you or hangs to your clothes or bleeds or, uh, yeah. yeah, it hurts. Yeah. I've seen uh, people with it on their face so bad that and never could get rid of it. But, you, you know, it's, it's known to cause cataracts. What about other diseases they hadn't even considered? What about blurred vision? Uh, they hadn't considered that. There's a lot of diseases, you know, that could have been caused by Agent Orange that's never been studied or considered. Uh, that's because true. it wreaks havoc with every organ or, and cell in your whole body. I had cataracts. I had to have them taken out. Uh, I did that right whenever I was uh, ending up my working career. I knew I was going down, so I had my cataracts taken care of. But the VA says, uh, and my, my claim, I did have a claim in on my eyes and still do. And VA claims, uh, well... It has to be a certain kind of cataract or something. I don't know how in the hell. I didn't know they come in a variety. Of <laughs> Neither, but my claim's still active. And uh, but uh, yeah, I had to have both eyes. Uh, still got eye trouble. Well. So it affects you know, a lot of different organs, and you're right. It, it can affect any organ. Uh, imagine your hearing, too, couldn't it? Well, you know, I, I, I would guess that, that uh, your hearing involves organs, or certainly it involves cells, uh, but things that you would never, never dream of. Uh, say headaches. Yeah. Uh, stomach aches. Uh, 
there's just so many things that could be involved in everyday living. General fatigue. Yeah. You know, you can lay that on a lot of things. Yes, you uh, can. You sure can. But like I say, yeah. I was I was one of the lucky ones that, that actually found out the root of my trouble. And VA takes pretty good care of me now. I have to say that. But had I not been so tenacious and so inquisitive uh, and actually knew what happened, I was able to put it together uh, and pursue it. Well, it's a good thing you did. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I you think just, you, you really opened the door for a lot of other veterans because uh, you was able to get a stateside claim through. And uh, rightfully so, but the BA, had you not been able to do what you did, it could be a, you know, at least now veterans that were stateside a lot uh, could, you know, it gives them a, a good cause to to dig a little deeper. Always go a little deeper if you can. The answer well, the is there you can get it. <laughs> The DOD and the VA both told me, Mr. Cripps, we have never, ever used Agent Orange stateside. Oh, yeah. Now, that's what I was up against. But I just got really lucky, and I came up with the evidence. Somewhere along the line, there was a little help from above. Well, it, that's always welcome. <laughs> I'll tell you. If, excuse me, if you were charged for murder and they had evidence against you equal to the evidence that I had against VA, you would expect to be hung. <laughs> Because I had it all, uh, way beyond whatever that I ever figured I could get. But it, it it turned out to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, you know when they, when they when they say we found that stash of herbicide you're talking about in the building where you said it was. And we cut the lock off of the building, and I said, I identified the lock, and I've still got the key. That's pretty <laughs> tough there. <laughs> <laughs> that sure is. Yeah, you just didn't open the door, James. You kicked it in. <clears throat> it, was, it was pretty solid. Persistence <laughs> It was pretty solid. Yeah. All that means is the next fellow don't have to have that much evidence. Uh, yeah. Every time somebody wins one, it gets just a little bit easier. They can never, ever say again, Mr. Cripps, we never, ever used Agent Orange in the continental United States. That's out the window. can be used again. How many other vets have filed claims because of that certain place? You did the same job you did in other posts. Well, you know, Ray Cobb has opened the door at Fort McClellan, 
there's another game warden at Fort Chaffee. And uh, we got another Fort Gordon winner. Uh, and one at uh, one of the Air Force bases. Uh, Eglin Air Force Base. Oh, down Florida? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I had a guy call me and ask me if if, uh, if I had documentation of herbicides used at, at Eglin. And I said, do you have a fax machine? He said, yeah. I said, what's your number? And he gave me his number while I was talking to him. I faxed it, and he said, man, where did you get this? It was an original bill of lading from uh, Dow Chemical to Eglin Air Force Base where they just shipped 25,000 gallons of Agent White. I said, well, I could, and Mark classified. I said, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Another one for twenty five thousand gallons. Both of them from Dow Chemical. And then I sent him a letter addressed from Dow Chemical to Eglin that said don't order any more Agent White with a ten inch strike on the drum. All we have is a three inch strike on the drum. And then correspondence back to Dow Chemical Company, and it was spelled out. We didn't use all of that Agent White at Eglin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that was also marked in-house confidential. Uh, but that kind of evidence, you know, I wasn't I wasn't privy to his his. Uh, judge is hearing before the judge, but I can just imagine what went on <laughs> when you put oh, out that kind of information. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds unreal. You know, that, that was, was given to one of the Haddock members when White Sands Missile Base was deactivated during the Cuban crisis. It was turned over to the to the uh, Forest Service, and they sent people in to clean the buildings out. And this paperwork was over in behind a drawer. And when they took the drawers out, whoever did that had the good sense to put that paperwork under her skirt and come out of there with it. Or none of that would have ever happened. Well, the facts of whoever did it uh, turned out to help a, a, a good number of veterans. Yeah, she probably didn't even know what it meant. Uh, but she well, got it into the, yeah. into the hands of somebody that did. Yeah, that's good. Uh, James, you said you had a lot of. Uh, uh, you guys been got a group there working with other veterans. We do. 
Do you have a any veterans there with the claims folders all goofed up uh, that you need to file a writ of mandamus or something to that effect on to get the BA to correct the folder? No. Oh, uh, surprisingly, I've not run into that. I'm surprised. Most of what we run into uh, is settled at the regional office because we make darn sure all of that veteran's evidence is a record before it's adjudicated, not after. Well, so very few yeah. of our very few of our cases go for an appeal, and usually we can we can get them reconsidered. Uh, and awarded before they ever go to it before an appeal. They should be, but I've run across a law firm that's done one uh, writ of mandamus lawsuit uh, pulling the VA in the court uh, to make them accountable uh, furnishing, uh, correcting uh, uh, veterans' uh, claims folders and uh, they're going for a second round, and uh, uh, they asked if I knew anyone that uh, um, had that issue, uh, that their claims folder was all goofed up, and if so, to uh, put them in contact with them. And so I told them I would. I'm trying to stay away from appeals. Well, uh, yeah, I'd be nice I, if you could. I'll do everything I can with, an, with a veteran to keep them from going through an appeal process. You know, if we can get it settled here at the regional office, uh, even if we have to wait a year for a de novo review, we'll choose to do that rather than to go through a four-year appeal process. Absolutely. Uh, and generally, generally, we can do it. Uh, in my own case, it took them a year to get to it, and they turned it down, and then I asked them for a de novo review. That took a year, so we're two years into it there. And then when they gave me my decision from the de novo review, the last paragraph, the decision review officer said, if you can show us the need of of aid attendance based solely upon your heart disease, we'll give you your R1. Oh. So I went, it took me two days to get that. I went to the heart station, told them what I needed. They said, no problem, we can do that for you. Uh, in two days, I had the paperwork and turned it in. And then I asked the appeals team. They, they said they wanted it before Christmas. It gave me 15 days or so. And then when I turned it in, I asked the appeals team, I said, now, I gave you what you asked for before you really needed it, which was Christmas. Are you going to make me go through a four-year appeal? And all they could tell me was there will be a lot of eyes on this. So I don't know. (laughs) And it was turned in February last year. So it's been... Like in a few days, being a year, but we'll, well see. You know, it sounds like 
you got her put together there. I mean, oh, yeah. if, you can avoid, if you can avoid them appeals, <laughs> you sure want to do it because they eat yeah. up a lot of time. That's right. And you, well, you really you lose control of it, Gerald. Well, you do. You know, you, you got no way to check on it. You're at the mercy of time. Oh. Yeah. And look at our ages. Time ain't on our side. No, it's not. You know, I, I was invited to the VA hospital a couple of weeks back, and they assembled about 300 of their employees and put them in a conference room. And I could speak on any topic I wanted to speak on, and they had to listen. And I, the first thing I told them, I said, "You're never going out. You're never going to get out from under the stigma of being called the VA, because a veteran sees the VA as the hospital, and a veteran sees the VA as the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. To a veteran, it's the VA. Period. They don't distinguish." Yeah. Okay. One guy said, well, what has the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs done that's all that derogatory to the veteran? I said, you know, if you would have applied for your job, let's say, seven years ago, you would probably be unemployed right now because VA wouldn't have had time to get to your application yet. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, seven years is nothing to the VA. Well, one thing for certain, whenever whoever writes your claim up initially will no longer, and the first person at the VA looks at it, that person will no longer be there by the time your claim is ended. Yeah. It's going to swap hands so many times. Yeah. Well, you know, they're they're going to retire. With a bonus. Had two appointments with the VA today. And everywhere I went in the clinics and down the halls, you'd be surprised how many people said, how you doing, Mr. Cripps? Well, the first thing I did before I started my little seminar that day is I said, I'm known as Cripps 3093. But that's not really who I am. I'm James M. Cripps. I'm the father of three children. I've I've had two careers. I've retired from both of them. And you spell my name C-R-I-P-P-S, just like the gang, except we pee twice and they pee once. They spell Cripps, C-R-I-P-S. So nobody forgets my name when I put it like that. <laughs> and... and like I say, the employees today, I had three come up and shake my hand and tell me how much they appreciated what I had put together for that little speech. And I didn't pull any punches. Uh, I told them like it was. I, I, I think it was interesting. I hope it did some good. Um, but there was another veteran that spoke right behind me, and he was all praise. And come find out, he had had two VA appointments. He's almost 80 years old and has no medical problems whatsoever. He's on no medications. 
So Ooh. then I was able to tell, well, I've had more than two appointments. In the last 24 months, I've had 134 VA appointments. Oh. And I knew that because I just had to provide that to the VA, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if all VAs, uh, I, I told them, I said, you know, if you really want to know how you're doing, how are you some secret shoppers? Put them a veteran's cap on, let them go through the process. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to file a claim, if you're going to use one to file a claim, you better hire a younger uh, secret shopper. Yeah, don't get some on my right. Don't get somebody <laughs> our age that they may not make it through to get the result. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get Some of the maddest dead people I've met with have had claims going on. <laughs> I'm here to investigate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a walker. <laughs> Don't get somebody with a walker. But, you know, when, when you get to the point that we all are, and you can have just a little bit of sense of humor, uh, it's better than when you back when you were in agony. Uh, well, not yeah. that everything is settled, but... It's getting better, slowly. The first thing I told them is Trump ain't going to stand for this. He's going to fire every one of you. And I heard one guy over in the back say, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) And they deserve to be part of them. (laughs) There are some good BA people. There are. Uh, I admit that. But there's some real... Real jokers, too, because they'll do anything to sabotage a veteran. They will. And They've I, got the power to do it, and they're not accountable. That's right. And and uh, I just don't know how they keep their positions because their uh, superiors have bound to know that they're doing this stuff. Oh, I was in prosthetics prosthetics one day, and one of the red shirts rolled a guy in, and he went up to the window, and he said, my primary sent me up here to get some of those stretch socks because I got blood clots in my leg, and they might go to my brain and kill me. And the guy says, well, I got a appointment open in April, and I got one in May. And the guy said, well, wait a minute now. You don't understand. My primary just sent me up here and said it was dangerous that if one of these blood clots gets loose, it's going to my brain. It's going to kill me. He said, do you want one of these appointments or not? And the guy said something under his breath. I didn't catch what he said, but anything he said would have been appropriate. And he motioned for the guy in the, that was pushing him with the red shirt on to, to wheel him out of there. And when he went out, the guy that he was talking to, standing in the doorway, looked over at the secretary and said, cancel that man's future medications and all of his appointments. Oh, my lands. And I told that the other day, that it didn't happen. Oh, uh, I, I, I told him, I said, you know, if 
if every department in the VA operated like the dental clinic, this would be a really, really fine place. But now, if you really want to ruin my day, send me to prosthetics. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, and I think that that's controlled by the department head. The personality of the whole department is going to absorb the personality of the department head. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. You know, you... You know, you... That patient right down to the bedroom, that, the, the, the patient advocate right there, and I start raising hell with him right there. You, uh, you get a hive of, of mean bees... And you go through that hive and you find that that uh, queen and you smash her and you put a new Italian queen in there, it ain't long before you got a good hive of bees. Yeah. And that's true with everything else in life. Well, but that's there are, I'll, I'll agree know, with you, they, Gerald. They, they there are some fine people that work for the VA. Yeah, I know there's fine people that... And I, you know, but why? You know, you work in the shop, uh, uh, someone working by in there all the time, screwing up, doing things, doing things on purpose. Hell, oh. I call people to the side. I know other people that's done the same, call people to the side and say, hey, you knock this stuff off. Uh, Newer employees learn from older employees the ways, and I think it's, you know, it's it's not going to be ended in a day or a month or a year. It's going to take a change of attitude. Yeah. Not an attitude individually, but of how the VA system works. That's true. Yeah. Man, I hate to hear tale like that. Oh, uh, I felt sorry for the guy. Oh yeah, he could die. He you know, I, I don't die. know what he. In my own case, my cardiologist looked me right in the eye more than two years ago, <laughs> and he said, "You need a sleep study." He said, "You know this is life threatening." I said, "No, I didn't." He said, you need a sleep study. He put me in for a sleep study, and I know he put me in four or five times. Two different doctors did. And it took me more than two years to get a sleep study through the CHOICE program. Now, how do you justify that? That's a a tort claim, James. (laughs) Well, I finally got the the, 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 uh, CPAP machine. And I use it faithfully, and it's changed my life. Oh, I don't think I'll ever sleep without it again. But it, you can't justify taking two years to get an appointment for anybody anywhere. No, no. Especially under the CHOICE program. I uh, I still think that... Uh... More than likely, the the VA is going to allow veterans, if they, for instance, if you call in your 
to your primary care team and say, hey, I'm sick, I need to see you all, and they say, well, we can't get you in for a month, uh, then they're going to make it uh, acceptable that you can go over to ER. You can, but you got to get it approved. If it's not approved, well, they don't have to pay for it. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but I think that'll change, James. I think sure it will, under, will. Under, the, under the new administration, I think it'll I, change. I think oh. it will. It might not write extremely fast, but I do think it'll get there. Uh, well, you know, Mr. McDonald, not, not long ago, made the remark that Disney World wasn't judged by how long people stood in line to get in, and neither should the VA be judged by that. Well, we ain't got nothing to do with Disney. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing Mickey Mouse about me. <laughs> if if they want to send Mickey Mouse over in the Middle East, they can. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, well he was well in the Navy heard. once. He was in the Navy <laughs> once. You've seen Steamboat Willie, hadn't you? Yeah, he could. <laughs> yeah, send him over there. <laughs> Well, I say when you can when you when you can find a little bit of humor in it, oh, it's going to be all right. But when you're yeah. in the middle of it, battling out and slugging it out and trying to get your benefits, there is no humor in it. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a dirty fight. That's no joke. Well, fight takes so much out of you too. While you're doing it, I mean, you never oh, doing that fight. Oh man. Here. You lose a lot. If you you can't explain it to somebody that hadn't been through it, those who have been uh, through it, you don't have to explain it. No. Yeah, exactly that's, right. that's true. What's the U.S. Veterans Alliance doing today, James? I didn't hear you. What is the U.S. Veterans Alliance doing today? You, you keep them busy. Well, we've got a. a Group we meet uh, this coming Monday night, and we've got a group from Manchester, Tennessee, up in Ray Cobb's area. Uh, they're bringing a whole church bus full of people down. They want to start a new chapter up there. Good. And man. they're interested. They're interested in how we do things and want to take a look firsthand. And and uh, we're being all we can be as far as uh, taking care of our veterans. We uh, we go places together. We, we I think I told you we came up to uh, Grand Rivers, Kentucky, a few weeks back and stayed three days there at Patty's Inn and, and ate at Patty's restaurant and caught three different Branson type shows at the theater. There were twenty eight of us that did that. Uh, we're always planning something. At Branson? It was no, it was Branson type uh, entertainment. Oh, I thought you meant Branson, Missouri. Yeah, it's Branson type oh, entertainment. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Land between the lakes. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Patty is an excellent place, folks. If you ever get down that part of the country, there, she's got it going on. Well, see, Land between the lakes. Or Gerald knows that's the United States, you know, land between the, the two big lakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> but uh, my wife's brother died here two weeks ago now. They found him in bed dead. They hadn't even figured out what happened to him yet. Oh. They did an autopsy, but they don't have a result. But the United States Veterans Alliance, at one time, there were probably 35, 40 members in the funeral home, and they all went together and ate out while they were out. And, you know, to see things, to see a chapter do that and come together like that, support each other, and, and, and then go have some camaraderie afterwards, uh, that's upholding. That's, that, that's something good. Yes, it is good. We have more people at our breakfast than most meetings that are held by other organizations. We might have 30 people for breakfast. We eat breakfast every Tuesday morning. Um, well, that's really great. Yeah, it's uh, we got some great people, a lot of interest. We keep it interesting. There's something there for the veteran. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you got to do the claims processes. You have the yeah. You got you keep it interesting. Every uh, every meeting we have a, a break, and we eat some dessert, some finger foods, and, and directly after the meeting, I always have a topic that helps be that helps people on their claims. Interesting type stuff that you can put out there. I'll say like on aiding attendance, what it takes to get it, how you get it, how you qualify for it, that you don't need to be half dead to get it. Uh, but you, you know, if you've got something for the veteran, they're going to come. Yeah, because veterans like to be with other veterans up down. Sure. And why not? Uh, you know, I had one had one tell me today as I was leaving. I met him as I was coming out of the hospital. He said, you know, I'm glad to be coming over here. He was going to see a psychiatrist. He said, there's only one building that I feel safe in, and that's this building. <laughs> but that's saying a lot. He said, yeah, when I yeah. go to Walmart or Home Depot, he said, I'm always looking over my shoulder. There's only one building that I feel safe in, and that's this building. Oh. Well, this day and age, I can... Uh... I can certainly see where he's coming from. Oh, you're liable to get mug crossing. You know, that's right. Right, or shot through a window. My land is country's went crazy, and it never used to be this way. Uh, but it did. Yeah, now. I can remember murder. You know that was an event. Oh, but now my it's land. everyday living. Yeah. I mean, now there's how many a day? Yeah. That's horrible. Well, I don't mind telling you, I carry, and my wife just got her carry permit, and my daughter just got her carry permit. Oh. Uh, well, but I'm kind of thinking if you, I'm kind of thinking if you were involved in one of those shootings, 
and you got a pistol in your pocket, that guy ain't going to get 16 shots off before I can get my pistol out of my pocket. Yeah, I hear you. And when somebody's shooting back, it, uh, it makes a difference. It does. Uh, in Missouri, they passed a law. Now we can uh, conceal carry in Missouri without a permit. Oh, um, so it makes a difference if, if if you think an audience or if, if the uh, offender thinks there's somebody in that audience that's carrying. That's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a church, start killing people. You'd pretty well say there ain't nobody got no gun in here but me. James, let me tell you a story happened just down the road from you a couple weeks ago. Just due south of you, old Alabama line. Friend of mine, he's a Haddock member. He bought some acres down there. She got after after one claim. Raising his wife and kids down there. Had some neighbors move in. They're from out of state. They had a couple of boys, uh, younger men. They weren't boys and bad. They must have been a bunch of drugs or something because somebody had shot or something and raised one of their dogs and they blamed this person for doing it. He never touched the dog. He said, he, you know, he'd shoot a dog. So he started, they started threatening and doing all kinds of stuff and they called the cops and the sheriff came over and at the time the dog walked out of the tree line. There was a dog and it had a little lick on it but it's been a few days old. So the old boy said, well, he said, you shot my dog and I'm going to beat you to death. He said, you just wait. The next morning, the buddy hopped on his four-wheeler. He was doing some work on it. He took off up a little logging road. He turned around and come back, and the boy met him in the curb with a piece of pipe. and knocked him off the four-wheeler and started beating the best of that pipe. Hit him four or five times. The buddy reached in his pocket, pulled out his 9 millimeter, shot him one time, killed him dead. Have you heard that story before? No. Happened down there in Hohenwald. You know about that? Yeah, I know exactly where Hohenwald is. Yeah. Well, not long ago, the guy came over and knocked on my son's door and said, Your dog has been over chasing my cattle. And my son said, Not my dog. My dog's a house dog. Stayed in the house. The guy said, You mean he stayed in the house all day? He said, Well, my wife let him out this morning, but she watched him. He said, I'm telling you, but your dog's been chasing my cattle. If you come over again, I'm going to kill your dog. My son said, well, i tell you what. If you kill my dog, I'm going to kill you. Uh, come find out it wasn't my son's dog. It was another dog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my son told him just like it was. You shoot my dog, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. If he tells you he's going to cut your throat, you better be finding your mandate. Well, 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 <laughs> but you know, it's uh, people can get serious over their pets. Yep. Sure do. What are you getting mad over? That was a wild story when he called me in the morning told me all what happened. Sad deal. 
Yeah, Hohenwald, that's a nice, small little town. Nice. Uh, my dad, brother, she had her parents had a big farm down there, and they since passed away, and I think she sold it to the day. She lived in California, she sold it. Somebody down bought it. It was a big old spread. Used to land down there didn't bring a whole lot, but I bet it does now. Yeah, some places do. Some don't bring much, actually. You know, it's land super cheap out that country. When I got out of the military, anywhere around where I live now, you could buy for fifty dollars an acre. I just didn't have fifty dollars. Yeah. And then there was some sold just the other day for fourteen thousand dollars an acre. <laughs> yeah. That's still pretty cheap compared to up here, son. Well, I didn't have to pick Doesn't spend it all on my trip. <laughs> you know how you're doing, man. I've seen that trailer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm had my shoulder patch enlarged and, and put it on the truck doors. Uh, and got high roller on the front of it. Um, got me some ramps for my trailer so I can pull my keep up on the on the trailer and put it in the parade. I got thirty three hundred lights and two generators. Wow! You got her fixed up, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. boy's got got a couple of trucks, and what he does is he rents them out. He's filming like he wore movie stuff. Yeah, and he rents them out, lets them use them to make these war movies. That makes good money at too. Uh, well, my wife said, what am I going to do with all that stuff when you pass on? I said, just don't sell it to a logger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sell it to a collector. Story. Yeah, sell it to a collector. Yeah. Uh, I'm fixing to have to build something like an airplane hanger now to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing leads to another. <laughs> What's the clearance on? Is it over 12 foot tall? If you look at the pictures on Facebook, the peak of my shop is four, 14 feet. And yeah. it looks like, just looking at the picture, it don't look like it lacks but about a foot and a half being to the peak of that shop. Well, I haven't measured it. Yeah, it's, it, it ain't going through. It'll take a 14-foot door for it to go through. I'm a member of the full-time RV committee on Facebook. We had a couple members got them big diesel pushing motorhomes. They went under the underpass so they didn't rip their ACs off the top of it. <laughs> well, I had to pay through the nose to get that trailer, and the reason I had to pay through the nose to get the trailer is people buying them just as quick as they come up for auction and building the tiny houses on them. Yeah. They're tandem trailers with air brakes and their 10,000 pound payload just exactly ready made to put a tiny house on. And that trailer can hold a lot of stuff, man. You know. <clears throat> a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah, it can. Fill well, one of them up with ammo, they'd still haul it. Yeah, this one was made to put two generators on. Yeah. It's still got the generator mounts on it. Now, they had an ammunition trailer uh, 
I don't know what you'd do with one of them things. About anything, I would imagine, because, you know. It looks like a baller John Wheels is what it looks like. (laughs) I can believe it. Uh, All you need for a tiny to make a tiny house out of it, all you need is tarp put over the top. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do a tiny house. You can see four steps off the bottom. uh, That old military equipment I enjoy. You know, I don't have a lot that I have to do anymore, so I told my wife I can I can buy that truck and spend some time fool around with it or I can go get me a rowing machine or a treadmill. <laughs> it costs about the same money. Yeah. As a thing ride. Oh, I went to Indianapolis to get it and after I learned it was okay, I averaged sixty five miles an hour on the way back with it. Mm-hmm. It rides pretty good. Uh, you have to get your seat adjusted if you're going to do 50 mile hour down the 55 mile, 60 mile hour down the interstate. You have to get that seat adjusted where it don't bottom out when you hit them bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Took me a little while to learn that, but uh, yeah, it had a. It was one degree when I got up there to go get it, but it had a good heater in it. Oh. Uh, we had to put a little propane heat on the fuel system and on the oil pan to get it fired up. But once we got it fired up, uh, it don't have a 6,000 miles on it. It was overhauled in 94. Yeah, I asked the guy, I said, why would you overhaul it if it's only got 6,000 on it now? He said it was in the lot numbers. He said, we don't look at individual trucks. We look at lot numbers. But I enjoy it. Well, I don't it. Well, you'll never wear it out. Some some people, you you know, just have to preserve some of this stuff, I think. Uh, Enjoy it and pass it on. What engines you got? It's a 250 Cummins, 250 horsepower Cummins. Got a Allison five-speed automatic. Drives like a car. Power steering, yeah. air brakes. It's a take it off road and go south country. Yeah, 84. Road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, I drove it 350 miles back. Uh, just as fast as she could run, it's governed. Uh, then I had to go back up there and get the trailer. I took my F-250 up there and got the trailer. Had to have a special hitch made for it. But, uh, you can take a given off of it, can't you? I didn't hear you. You can take a given off of it, can't you? Oh, you could. But, you know, I'll never run it that fast again. We were just uh, trying to make time getting back from from Indiana, but I'll I doubt I'll ever get another hundred miles from home in it. Fifty times is about enough anyway. You know, still they're working on it every every so many miles anyway. That's that's a mess. Especially yeah. Especially in between uh, Louisville and Louisville and Franklin, it's, it's yeah. Well, you know now, 
I went up there and got the truck, and it auctioned the 14th of December. And then I had to wait till the 28th of December, I think it was, and the trailer auctioned. And between that time, they put up a toll system on the Ohio River. Yeah. Now when you cross that river, yeah, yes, sir. Now when you cross that river, you get a letter in the mail tells how much money you owe. Four dollars going and and seven coming back, because I had more axles coming back. I was pulling that truck. Yep. You can thank the government of Kentucky and Ohio and Indiana fact for that bridge in bad shape, and they closed it for a while. But I think you know I don't know for sure, but it don't depend on taking a picture of your license plate. I think your license plate has a built-in code that it reads. You don't have to see it. Oh, you, you might be right. You might yeah. be right. Yeah, well, I know if you're a resident of Indiana or Kentucky, you can buy a sticker and put in your window, and it only yeah, charges yeah. you a dollar. So if it can read that sticker, then it can read a code. You know, you, your license plate's got a barcode on it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that it's not That's magnetic like or something. Over in Knoxville, you had the pictures. They had them candles on them bridges. People speed through there. It, it, it'd ride them a ticket. And it'd come home yep. in the mail, too. Yep. Well, when I was in Germany in, in 1969, they'd park them Volkswagen vans on the side of the road, and they had three headlights. That center one was a flash. And you'd run that red light, you'd see that flash. And that picture come back so clear, it had your license plate, and one guy, it even showed the smoke coming off his cigarette, and he was in the front seat. (laughs) (laughs) It's got a little clock up in the upper right that shows how long the light had been red before he went under it. I'll be. Never get that rest there built back on 65 there in Kentucky that burnt down. A new one I don't know. When they put up, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I travel more than uh, uh, 40 more than I do 65. In fact, 65 yeah. going up to Kentucky's in, in Indiana is the first time I've been on 65 in a long time. Yeah. Go up 24 every once in a while. 24 up towards the lake. Yeah, towards when we went up to Patty's Wheel at 24. Yeah. Uh, you can go 40, but it's a long way around. Or you can go up through yeah. Clarksville, Highway 79, up through Lamb and Twin Lakes. Uh, I take you forever. Pretty drive up on the road. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I like 24. We take the. West Texas Park, that e town is going down that way. It's pretty bad. You still fishing? No, I ain't been fishing a while, dude. I've had some issues, I guess you can say, and uh, I just really haven't had the, just the time to do it. I might get back into it. We've been traveling a little bit, and so we, we kind of want to start doing that a little more. 
Well, I got a pretty nice house trailer and ten acres down on Kentucky Lake. I've been. I need to sell it. I don't ever go down there. and Don't use it anymore. I'm not like you. I'm not. It's on Turkey Creek, Tennessee River. Okay. We're uh, 13 miles from the Paris Bridge. Mm Mm-hmm. And about the same from the 40 Bridge. You have the 40 Bridge and the Paris Bridge. Oh, no, exactly what's that. Yeah, how about that from Joplin? Joplin, Missouri, just down the street. Just down the street. Down in Austin. Yeah, it's not far at all, girl. Oh? You got to talk Austin, so you there. <laughs> yeah, they come down the Tennessee River all the time. Every every year, headed to Florida or headed back to Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know that's where they're from because they're always dragging a mule. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, they'd be from Jones. Mule's got a big old, got a big old camel stuck in his mouth. <laughs> most, takes a most, Joplin most mule. Most of them look like it all. It takes a Joplin mule to swim that far, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I found that the easiest way to get around. Always be lost. And someone that's a big body of water, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Barker, that's two of the biggest holes of water you're going to see anywhere. Yeah. I like to sit down there at the Barkley Lodge and watch the ducks. Man, yeah. they come through there just thousands of them. Some private points. Uh. Yeah, sitting on, sitting, looking through their glass window. I know you've been down there at the lodge, looking through their glass window at the point across the creek. Those uh-huh. those ducks come through there. Come through there. You see any folks fishing that point? That's a big small that bank that kept Kentucky Lake for Berkeley, I mean. Well, I, I guess I need to have a fishing pole sale, too. I used to like to buy fishing poles about as good as I like to fish. <laughs> I know how you feel. When I got in the turn to fishing, I started buying the fishing poles. I started buying the numerous and all the high dollar poles. And, uh, we're looking, you know, these poles are three or $400 a piece. And uh, I've got a mass quite a collection of them. I'll never get what I got in my of it. Uh, I'll probably hang on to it for a year or two anyway, but I'm not that patient with one day. Well, I went to a crappie tournament. You know where Crooked Creek is? Yes, I do. I went to a crappie tournament down on Crooked Creek, and I won a bait cast <coughs> combination worth about $300, $350. Mm-hmm. And the first time I used it, I was on my pontoon boat and pitched a anchor out in the, in uh, Kentucky Lake. Threw it out there and leaned it up in the corner, and a catfish hit that thing and jerked it over the right post. That's the last I've seen of it. <laughs> I got dead when we see that. My best friend in the world is Vietnam veteran. He lives down in Tennessee now. He's fishing Lake Cumberland in the wintertime for stoppers. 
he's Bloomfish. He took his broom down his line and his line yeah. down. He had a $300 rod reel out there sitting there. This is in January. The water came through just about freezing. This big old striper took off with his line and jerked his pole in the water. He peeled off his clothes and went in after it. Well, you know, I pulled him back in the. <laughs> I thought about going on a, it looked like it was slow motion. It looked like it actually floated just a minute before it sank. And I almost jumped over that rail to go get it. But then I realized later on, had I done that, there was no way to get back in that boat. My ladder wasn't out. And with the cover over the motor, you can't come up the leg of the motor. The only thing I could have done is hang on till we floated to a bank somewhere. <laughs> then your barge bank, you know. Boat, my boat was built in James' hometown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. You ever been out there before daylight on a foggy morning and you cut your engine off two or three times going across the river to see if you can hear a barge? <laughs> yep. I've done that. Wished I hadn't. Well, I'll tell you what, we think. Well, I guess the show is over, eh? No, we still got time. I guess we're still going. Tonight. Yeah, I guess okay. we've got some time today. Oh. Well, you're in a time savings program or something? No, we have to schedule them today. We're 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours. So, depends on the plan you got in blog talk. You know, if you got the free plan that we don't have, you have to be forced. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I got somewhere else I got to be at 7.30, so I better get out of here. All right. But I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Uh, James, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on. Yeah, give me a holler. And I hope you find that fishing pole. No, that fishing pole's gone. It's, it's <laughs> down there with my billfold. <laughs> my billfold's in that lake, too. Oh, my land. I won 300 at Tunica, Mississippi, and stopped by to fish a few minutes, and my billfold went in the water. <laughs> easy come, easy go. Well, I hope it's not the spot. That's what the credit cards are in there, and it's at three hundred and something dollars, and maybe it'll it'll connect up with that fishing pole. They're not too off far apart. I know a hillbilly, a couple of hillbillies to go down there and get it, but they had fifty cents in it. They had alone three hundred dollars. That takes well, the your whole family. The bad thing about the the billfold is that I was going down the river, and I'd been thinking about where I could have stuck my tackle box. I couldn't find it. And I happened to think, I bet it's under that rear seat. So I didn't even pull the throttle back on the pontoon boat. I just got up and walked back and kind of shimmied down between the rail and the seat to see if it was under there. And that rail pushed that billfold out. While I was going down the river, so they ain't a chance of finding it. <laughs> oh, my. Well, thanks for coming on, James. I look forward to getting you back on. 
Yeah, just give me a holler, dear. Okay. Y'all, uh, y'all be careful. All right, you too. I will. Talk Thank to you later. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a good show, John. Sure. We got some veterans' help. We got some explanations going on. We can get some fishing advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there you plan. go. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, yeah, that's a good show here. I tell you yeah. what not to do when you go on fishing. <laughs> yeah, we need to do a special here next week. Joe, we'll do a bash rider and we need to we'll go back over the do's and don'ts of VA claims. Yeah. We'll tell them what, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll teach people how to behave. Uh, you know, you're right. Uh, uh, if you try to treat them right, a lot of them will treat you right. If you go in with an attitude, then they're going to get an attitude. You know, I realize that the regional office and the hospital are different entities. Yes, they are, and you should treat and them all, differently. And uh, 98% of all my VA animosity is coming out of the regional office. You don't have anything to do with the hospitals. That's the uh, same here. Uh, yeah, I don't have any qualms with the hospital. They've, uh, the medical side but, of the VAs treated me really good. And if, I'd hurt many somebody, if I'd hurt somebody do that by listening to the cat and oh, I would have come unglued. I would have come unglued right there. Yeah. With him in there. Yeah. I went down to the state of the patient advocate. Somebody's head would have rolled that day. Uh, that's. Uh, they don't deserve that's it. That's not. I would have went straight to the the administrator of the hospital. So we can't have this. Yeah. We we ain't having this kind I've of got job. names first, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's I want right. your name, your Tell name. That's horrible. I'd go back You down know, but more than likely, uh, without knowing the uh, follow up on it, but more mm-hmm. that guy could have died and very well could have. It has. It has. Oh boy that pissed me off. Yeah, it is. But well Thursday right. got a number in the books now. Right. Thursday night special. <laughs> Thursday night special. I hope you all enjoyed <laughs> the show. If you didn't like it, just tune in again next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget Hadit. By golly, Hadit.com. If you got a question about claims process, go to Hadit. And uh, there's some good people there, and they'll help you out. And, John, I appreciate you being on here, co-host. And there's there's still time to sing a song if you choose to do so. That's okay. I want to keep our our listeners with you, Hector. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to run anybody off. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, 
I think uh, we might as well wind it up. Uh, Alrighty. Uh, everybody have a safe weekend. Say your prayers tonight. Do all the right things. Give all your kids a hug. Wouldn't hurt to hug your old ladies too. Or your spouses. And uh, let's see. Don't kick the dog or cat. And thank a veteran for their service next time you see them. Yeah, thank a veteran. Lord knows they need it. Uh, and so, you know, one good thing, John. Say again? Uh, one good thing, we only got one minute left. Yeah. Now, now we, we talk might be able to the show on time. We might do it. be the first time, and I don't know when. Uh, I, I wish I had a camera. I'd take a picture of this. Uh, but uh, that's okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We'll be signing off for now. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Basher Show.